Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. Tom DeGian Vittorio Jr. has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Tom. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Thursday, January 17th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. From the mesmerizing shores of Lake Merritt, I'm Justin Robert Young. And uh, sitting under a very dark cloud, I'm Roger Chang, the show's producer. (laughs) That's not just the dark cloud of his life, folks. It's literally been raining for like six days here in Los Angeles. Um, By the shores of Gitchigumi is what, what you made me think of there, Justin. I don't know. I haven't thought of that in a long time. No, no, no. We, I, I just sit here and pay pay homage to the lake in your in your honor here. Thank so. you. Yes, it is my lake after all, and I'm glad you keep an eye on it for me. Uh, we are going to talk about Tim Cook's plea for privacy regulation and whether it's self serving or if not, how much it is self serving. <laughs> Let's start with a few tech things we should know. Microsoft has promised to use five hundred million dollars to address housing issues in the Seattle region. Microsoft will loan $225 million at below market interest rates to developers of workforce housing on the east side of Seattle near Microsoft. $250 million will go toward market rate loans for construction of affordable housing. And $25 million will be donated to services for low-income and homeless residents. It comes as a result of work by former Governor Christine Grigori's Challenge Seattle's uh, organization, which also is working with other area businesses like Boeing, Amazon, and Alaska Airlines. A paper in Science Robotics details how Swiss scientists have trained a neural network in a computer simulation to figure out how to get a robot dog back on its feet after a fall, and it works in the robot dog. Uh, The training was done in simulations, which made it much faster. They just used a typical PC, so they saved on computing resources. And when the results of the training regimen were loaded into the actual robot... It caused the dog to recover from a fall 25 times faster, run one and a half times faster, and be able to roll over and get back up after being pushed over. The robot is called Annie Mall. I don't know if it's a tribute to Ellie Golding or not. And that is Mall as an M-A-L, not M-A-U-L, in case you were terrified. <laughs> Good point. Fair point. <laughs> Google announced that it was increasing pricing for the G Suite services for the first time since launching in 2006. G Suite Basic Edition will increase $1 to $6 per user per month, while G Suite Business Edition increases $2 to $12 per user per month. Pricing for G Suite's enterprise offering remains unchanged. 
The new pricing goes into effect April 2nd, 2019. Everybody's raising their prices. Inflation. All right. Going up. Let's talk a little bit more about Europe's copyright directive. We haven't talked about this in a few weeks, so let's update you. They're still working on the final wording. Uh, the, the, if you remember, we talked about this in September. The, the copy directive passed, uh, but it, in, in Europe's way of doing things, it's taking a little while to get to become a law. Google has taken issue uh, with the directive and put out a warning of what its search would look like in Europe if Article 11 of this new copyright directive goes into force, Article 11 is the one that gives publishers the right to demand paid licenses for the use of snippets of stories, right? So saying like, look, if you use any of the words from our story, you got to pay us for that. Otherwise, all you can do is link. Well, Google's test screenshots shared with Search Engine Land show a page of results for latest news. So somebody searched latest news. The results have no images, no headlines, because that would be considered a snippet, and only the names of the news sources and timestamps. So like Daily Mail, 1.17 p.m., with no other information. Uh, the legislation is in closed-door negotiation right now between the European Commission Council and Parliament. Uh, the European Council will vote on Friday, January 18th, on the directive. They can make changes to the wording. That might be why Google's out there making this push right now. Uh, the directive would be followed by negotiation if it passes that January 18th vote with the European Parliament starting January 21st. And then a final vote would happen sometime in March if it passes all of that. It doesn't go into law until all the nations pass it sometime in 2021. So this is them trying to demonstrate that they would not have a product, right? I mean, it's a little bit of a scare tactic, but it's it's basically saying if we wanted to be the most conservative followers of this directive, this is what we'd have to do to make sure we didn't step on anybody's toes. And part of that is that Google fears that I think they do have reason to assume that they should play as conservative as possible to this kind of regulation, right? I like, mean, they're Google. They got a lot of cash. They they fight in the courts all the time. Uh, if if they if they felt like it, they could put out headlines and claim that this is you know a, a fair. They don't have fair use in in Europe, but that this is a fair way of displaying it, and it's not necessarily a snippet because it's a common name, et cetera, et cetera. Google has all kinds of AI. They could do some processing where they change the wording, and so they, they get across the gist of what they're linking to without actually using the exact wording, et cetera. Uh, there's all kinds of things they could do to make this more usable. This is them being obstinate and saying, well, you know what? We're not going to do anything. This is what you want. This is what you get. I will defend Google here. I, I, I do think that they that yes, this is them saying, "All right, we don't have a product. You don't get the traffic. This is a lose lose for everybody." I think that they are trying to demonstrate that, but I don't know if they're in the wrong to do so. The more that they challenge, the more that they invite further regulation, and whether or not they are exactly complying with this one, then the next round of it might be more. Uh, restrictive and they would rather make a deal. I think the reason why they're doing this is they want to show the, the, the forces that are pushing this uh, to say, look, you like the traffic that we give you. You just don't like the fact that people don't go to your site by reading too much of it on our site. So let's show you what zero looks like. Yeah. Yeah. It's a threat. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't even disagree with anything you just said. Uh, I don't think this is what Google actually does if they lose this fight. Is no, I, I guess what I think they shut down news if they lose this fight. Yeah, they might do that. They might, but then they still have to deal with regular search results as well, which is what this page is showing. 
Sure. I mean, then they can depreciate news search results to the point where uh, they, they don't show sites that they feel like they can't legally. Mm-hmm. Fossil makes 14 different Wear OS devices. And today, Google announced it is acquiring $40 million worth of Fossil's smartwatch IP, as well as members of Fossil's research and development team that support that IP. Google told Wearable it's getting, quote, new product innovation that's not yet hit the market, unquote, that came along with Misfit when Fossil acquired it in 2015. Fossil is finishing development of the product and will make it available on its existing lineup. Google says the features and benefits aren't in the category today, so it acquired it in order to be able to make it available to other partners. This is a really interesting uh, interesting move. Fossil has been one of Google's best partners on the smartwatch uh, scene. Fossil actually created a, a great R&D department that came up with some features that Google think will distinguish Wear OS devices from Apple Watch and Fitbit and Garmin and all the others out there. Uh, and so they bought it. They said, great, Fossil, we'd like to buy that so that we can give it to Motorola and Samsung. And Well, Samsung may not be using Wear OS so much, but but yeah, they, they want to be able to give it to their partners uh, so so that they can stand out as the platform operating system. I guess there's really not that much to discuss here. It's not, it's not that controversial. I, I think it's notable, though, as a move that only a company the size of Google could make to go to one of their partners and go, oh, you invented something great. We'll just buy that portion of your company, please. Thank you very much. And Fossil's like, great, we'll take your money and we'll keep using the technology we developed and you'll spread it far and wide and we all win. I do wonder why Google doesn't want to just make the Google version of uh, of their own hardware for 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 the watch though well, for- see that was that was my first idea with this is like oh they they want to make this the the Google Pixel watch right or whatever they would call it but then when they say they're giving it to partners I'm like well maybe not so much I guess that makes sense to to just get it out there but I I wouldn't be surprised if you're right Justin if if that's not also part of this well I guess that that it was when I read this I was like well this feels like more of a Google 2014 kind of move other than a Google 2019 kind of move in, in that people have raved about the Pixel. The, the Pixel, uh, you know, the more that Google has done their own hardware, the more people seem to like it. All right. This is, this is one that is both wonderful and sad. MasterCard has a new policy for dealing with free trials. For MasterCard to authorize a credit card hold for a free trial of a physical product subscription. All right. So we're not talking about Hulu. We're not talking about Netflix. We're talking about Stitch Fix. We're talking about Bomi Box. We're, we're talking about uh, Pop Sugar. What, any, any of that stuff where you subscribe to something and you get a physical thing brought to you. For those kinds of subscriptions, merchants will have to agree to some new conditions. Before the first charge can be made at the end of the free trial, merchants must notify customers by email or text that the free trial is coming to an end. That message must include the amount of the upcoming charge and instructions on how to cancel the service. The merchants must also agree to send a receipt for every charge after that, which will also include instructions for cancellation. So there's a couple things. First of all, it's just physical stuff, not not online services. MasterCard says they might extend this to online services, but they want to start with the physical subscriptions. And second of all, even though MasterCard says you'll have to they'll have to get your approval before they keep charging, everything I've read, 
basically says they have to notify you. And I think if you don't respond to the notification, then the charge can continue. So I don't think you, I don't think you can not take action and not get charged, but they do have to notify They They do have to tell you like, Hey, you're about to get charged. Here's how to cancel. If you don't want to. I would uh, uh, take a wild guess that the reason why the move is made here is because they have had a lot of chargebacks and disputed yeah. is based on things like this. Uh, uh, a part of me thinks, you know, based on my own spending habits, this is going to crash the economy as <laughs> the subscriptions that last six months, I feel like are yeah. 5% well, my own expenditures. The salvation is that most people don't read their email uh, and forget that they got text messages. So even though they're going to get these notifications, a lot of people would be like, oh, right, I should probably cancel that. I'll get to that next month. Uh, and, and and then MasterCard will be able to stop chargebacks. Like, well, you knew you got the, the text message. You got the email. Uh, so I don't know if you can really claim a chargeback on that. I, I, I love this because it has all of the trappings of a government program, like they're going to enforce new rules without involving the government in any way. And if this catches on, I would assume uh, Visa would step in and probably offer some similar sort of protection for people. It also uh, uh, creates, you know, for, for MasterCard, uh, a little bit more of a proactive approach. I mean, they are not the card that deals with chargebacks, right? Right. In general, they don't like doing it. They, they don't respond as favorably as other cards like American Express or something like that. So this is them just saying, all right, let, let's eliminate one more headache for ourselves. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's better. Jeff Bezos. You ever heard of him? Yeah, hey, isn't his name Steve? No, it's Jeff. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> He's opening up the invite-only elite gathering called Machine Learning, Automation, Robotics, and Space a.k.a. Mars to the public. Now called Re colon Mars, the conference will be held in Las Vegas from June 4th through the 7th. So far, all the workshops and demos listed are from Amazon. The speakers are almost all from the academic world, like MIT's robot human interaction specialist Kate Darling and UC Berkeley's roboticist Ken Goldberg. You can find out more at remars.amazon.com. Yeah, you're not going to see Google join this willingly <laughs> you know they have to be drag kicking and screaming into this you're not you're not going to see an apple join in this this is an amazon conference right i i it entertained me to think why don't they have it in jackson hole why don't they have it in davos you know why don't they have it in one of those elite places like they were having their secret ai conference before oh no they're gonna have it in las vegas but of course you know you, you got to you got to find some place that has enough hotel space and that that's vegas fine uh i think all in all though outside of the, those two thoughts this is a positive thing because you'll get more uh ai presentations it certainly is going to help amazon but it also can probably help a lot of people because it's opened up so i'm glad i'm glad they've opened it up to other people i think it's smart to open up uh, in in 2019 i don't know exactly what the threshold where i would bat an eye at somebody starting a conference there are so <laughs> many happen on a constant basis that uh, uh i i think that this is just makes uh sense and and you want to know what i'm glad i'm glad jeff bezos has something to uh uh, uh busy himself with <laughs> to occupy his time other well, than counting Let's just say that, that, that 2019 has been the dark side of New Year, New Me for Jeff. Uh, hey, yeah, exactly. He can, he can go to Vegas, and what happens in Vegas for Jeff will stay in Vegas. Uh, Unless the Inquirer gets it. I do wonder what the cosplay at Remars is. 
<laughs> you get to be one of those Mars drones and just like wander around the floor. And people are like, no, it's not Mars. The pl- Never mind. All right. Have I been pwned? Founder Troy Hunt published a blog post outlining a data set seen on the filing sharing service Mega that uh, Troy is referring to as collection number one. Uh, It's important to understand, if you've heard of the story, it's not a data breach. It's a collection of data from previous breaches. So we're not talking about new stuff here. What's significant about this is it's all been collated together to make it easy for hackers and attackers to use. It has 773 million email addresses and 21 million passwords, uh, which beats the previously largest data set on Have I Been Pwned, which contains 711 million records. Also, because the list covers people multiple times, so because of the combinations of passwords and, and email addresses, it actually contains 1.16 billion email password combinations. So, you know, think about the fact that you have an account and a password at multiple places, but it's the same email address at all those places. Some people who sadly had the same password uh, at all those places uh, means that you drive this number up really fast. The collection seems to be a compilation of many smaller breaches dating back to at least 2015. It allegedly includes over 2,000 databases of dehashed passwords, uh, so they're in the clear. Collection number one included more than 140 million new email addresses previously not listed on have i been pwned uh that's a big deal they've been doing this for for years now uh almost everybody's email address that's made an account has been involved in somebody's breach with yahoo and kickstarter and patreon and target and and everything so the fact that there's 140 million new ones in there is i think pretty significant uh the upshot of all this justin is really nothing new which is make sure that you're using long strong passwords make sure that you're not using the same passwords at at multiple locations that you've got a unique password at every one you'll probably need to use a password manager to do that although using it in a notebook uh, works just fine for a lot of people but you shouldn't use the same password at multiple locations and you should change your password if you've seen that it's been involved in a breach Uh, go to have i been pwned put in your email address it'll tell you what breaches your email address has been in and if you haven't changed your password at those places although most of those places make you reset them in these cases then you should the bigger risk is that password that you reset at Kickstarter after its breach was also used in some other thing. And that's what these databases are used for. They they take those, those combinations and they know they won't work, say, at Target anymore, but then they try them at a bunch of other places to see if they work somewhere else. Yeah, man, I feel like this is another one of those DTNS greatest hits conversations. <laughs> it certainly about- is, right? What happens when we get into the post-password world uh, uh, is it it would seem to me that as we now have a deeper access by the browser or even by the OS when you're talking mobile to password keepers like LastPass and the like, that this almost should be something that is more seamless than than it is. Like if you are logged in on a certain level, you should be able to to pre-fill out and just make sure that you're always, you know, uh, that the, you're automatically updating to a new strong uh, uh, password periodically that you'd never see, right? Because you're just logging into your own biometrically secure access point. 
In other words, they should really fix this system of passwords. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, those are all good ideas. That, and like you say, they're greatest hits. We've talked about it before. We talk about FIDO all the time and password. Yeah. Uh, we're actually making progress towards getting rid of passwords and having a secure authentication without using passwords uh, with with FIDO keys and, and things like that. And as soon as you can build that into a phone, which, I, which most people have, uh, then I think that really does start to catch on. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, it, something needs to be done uh, about this because this is not going to go away. Uh, and these passwords, as long as they're lingering out there, are, are going to be a security risk for somebody. Uh, also, just in the way that these things work, if they are surfacing on I, uh, Have I Been Pwned, uh, there are databases that we don't know about that oh, are cur- Yeah. No, 140 million addresses showed up now that had that hadn't been known before. That just proves what you just said. Like up until now, there were 140 million addresses out there that weren't on Have I Been Pwned that had been circulating around in other breaches. Yeah, that, 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 that's 140 million passwords that have been wrung dry for as much as the people that had them before wanted to ring them. Uh, you know, I just want to mention this real quick. We are doing an experiment uh, for people who would like to subscribe to just DTNS. Uh, without ads, but without Patreon, uh, breaker.audio uh, is, is where Roger has been uploading uh, the the versions and you just pay Breaker. It only works on iOS right now. They say they have an Android app coming out, so I haven't pushed it a lot. I just want to try it out. But I bring them up right now because Breaker doesn't have passwords. When you log in, you put in your email address and it sends a link to that email address to log in. Boom. It's good. Yeah, I like that. All right, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. Tim Cook, you know him as the CEO of Apple. Uh, He is also an opinion piece writer for Time Magazine, at least today is. Uh, Tim Cook, in an op-ed piece for Time, called on the U.S. Congress to pass comprehensive federal privacy legislation. He outlined principles that should guide this privacy regulation, including the right to have personal data minimized, In other words, only collect what is absolutely necessary and strip identifying information from it. The ability to access, correct, and delete data that has been collected about you. Everybody should be able to see what was collected and modify it if they need to. As well as the right for that data to be secure. Uh, In other words, we shouldn't have all these breaches that we've just been talking about. Now, Cook recommends the U.S. Federal Trade Commission establish a data broker clearinghouse and require all data brokers to register, giving consumers access to that data and the ability to correct and delete it. Rich Straffolino, who does Daily Tech headlines for us and helps out uh, the show in a bunch of other ways, pointed out to me uh, that this is kind of a tradition now for big companies to call for regulation once they've comfortably risen to the point that the regulation won't hurt them as much as it might hurt competitors. Uh, yes, and I don't think that this is that that's that's a incorrect point. Uh, uh, Apple, even back to Steve Jobs, has been more pro privacy uh, uh, than other companies. This is largely because they sell privacy. That's their whole shtick. Is yeah. uh, their ad sales is a very small portion uh, of their bottom line. And even then, they they have they've uh, you know iads was not a success for them. They did not want to uh, they did not want to push further into that market. And so now, uh, when you talk about data collection, you are talking about the current advertising <laughs> market, right? Display advertising, be it on television or in print, is 
dying to dead, the way that you spend money is by buying people's targeted advertising through Facebook and Google uh, being the, the, the key players there. The fact that Tim Cook is writing about this is unsurprising. He's made these kind of comments before, but I want to take this one step out, Tom, and just let's talk about in 2019 is the the metaphorical space between Silicon Valley and Washington, D.C., as close as it has been since the Microsoft antitrust issues in the late 90s because it feels like the 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 war drums are 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 beating on on not only issues like this where apple's bringing it up themselves uh but also william barr the incoming attorney general for the trump administration replacing jeff sessions was asked more uh, jeff sessions got zero questions about tech company regulations when he was when he was uh confirmed william barr got many 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 more than that during his confirmation hearings over the last few days. It feels to me, as somebody who follows both, that we're headed for a collision. Well, my perspective might be, uh, just just first blush uh, to to your proposition here, the biggest companies are always the companies that get the attention from government. Whoever, yes. whoever are the big, big companies are the ones more likely because if for no other reason than they employ more people are more likely to have rubbed people the wrong way. Uh, and because their products are successful, there are more people out there who are going to be mad at their product. Uh, that's just a, a rule of scale, if nothing else. And so the government's always going to be going after them. I think this is just a symptom of the fact that technology arrived uh, within the past five years we went from Google being a sort of a scrap, still being thought of as a scrappy technology upstart to biggest company in the world. Apple is no longer recovering from the doldrums of the 90s. It's biggest company in the world. Uh, Amazon is not disrupting retail with this online sales. It's biggest company. These are the biggest companies in the world. Microsoft is back to being the biggest company in the world from being, is Microsoft even relevant anymore? So all of technology has just risen to the top of business for these companies and and so they are going to get the ire i don't know that smaller companies out there that are going under the radar like people developing you know robotic dogs that that stand back up uh, are, are getting that kind of attention it's the finance part of it not the product part of it okay great dodge you explained a lot about why this might uh, 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 you know the the roots as to why this might happen, but yes or no, are we are we looking at a data privacy legislation push? Are we? Ah, looking, okay, sorry. Are we looking at an antitrust case because because uh, no, here's here's the problem with all of that. We're not going to get uh, a privacy legislation because the Congress can't agree <laughs> who they should punish. Uh, if, if they were all getting behind it together, and that still could happen, then I'd say yes. But right now, it, it's a political football, which is to these companies' advantage. Tim Cook coming out and saying you should make some privacy legislation is almost the safest thing he can do because he knows there's, there's not the political will to make this happen right now. But it makes him look good. It is. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, 
people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to Bluehost.com slash Wondersuite. Hard to, to look at where the political lines would be drawn on this. 2016, I thought, was going to be the moment when, when tech became a political uh, a talking point at the very beginning of that race uh you saw a little bit of the uber you know of uh you know gig economy kind of a thing become a bit of an issue and then obviously we wound up talking about other things throughout the rest of that campaign but i feel like it's here i feel like it's arrived tom and and whether or not it is something that uh, uh will go all you know go all the way I believe it's going to be something that we will be talking a lot more about this year. Yeah, for sure. And from here through 2020, uh, I, I agree with you there. I'd be remiss if I didn't point out there is a, there are multiple solutions to this problem that don't require the FTC to get involved, such as MIT's Solid, which is a distributed, secure way for you to manage your data and give approval and remove approval for who has it. And you operate it yourself. And I, I am... Very sad that I don't hear Tim Cook talking about that. I'm very sad that I don't hear Google talking about that, that I don't hear Amazon talking about that. Not surprised, but I'm sad because the solution is there. Tim Berners-Lee, who's behind Solid, he knows. He knows he's not going to get those people behind him. So he's trying other ways to get this to take off. And I hope it does. Thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. we got a couple things in the mailbag. Uh, David uh, wrote in and said he listened to our assistant war discussion and made him think that interoperability can be easily achieved if all assistant vendors would allow for a custom wake world. I would be more likely to mix my assistants if I could just say, hey, Guido, and whichever device heard my query would answer. If I wanted a specific 
specific assistant to answer, I could use the old wake word. Of course, this presumes that I have assistants everywhere in my home, which I already almost do. I think the problem with this is even if you use consistent assistants right now, there are problems with multiple versions of the same assistant hearing you. Yeah, we, we would need some kind of uh, uh, coach, right? Like we would need Guido would have to be something that disseminate that knew the strengths and weaknesses of all your assistants and was able to uh, find the best solution right. and make sure the that they play nice together when they're trying to fulfill your request. If two of them from different ecosystems hear you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Kyle pointed out something that my Google Home can do that I didn't realize. Uh, I think maybe because I only have one Google Home. Uh, He says, Tom made the comment near the end of the show, hey, turn on the lights, you know which ones, and ideally it would just work. I'm not sure what Echoes and HomePods can do, but I do know if you go overboard with Google Home, it actually works like that. Set up the Google Home app with Rooms associate individual Google Home speakers with smart light switches and outlets in those rooms. And then you can say things like turn on the lights and it's smart enough to only turn on the ones in the rooms where the Google Home speaker heard you. Hmm. Very nice. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if the Echo can do that. Normally we we have to assume we have to assign you know uh names for each thing. So we have the studio lights hooked right, up to it. Right. Lights hooked up to it. Well, thank you, Justin Robert Young, uh, for being with us today. Uh, Justin inspired me to start freetechnewsletter.com because he has got such an awesome resource in freepoliticalnewsletter.com. What else you got going on? Uh, Well, Tom, tell you what, one week from today, or sorry, no, less than a week from today, on Tuesday of next week, uh, uh, hopefully that is uh, still... Uh, we're, we're still good to go that uh, I uh, will be back on this show with one Brian Brushwood because we'll be promoting our new album. Uh, All's Well, a Night Attack album comes out on January 22nd. You can get all the details as soon as they happen at bit.ly slash night attack album. That gets you on our email list. Uh, I, I got to say, Tom, you listen to the album. I have. What I, would you say about the album? Uh, it is a rollicking good time. Uh, a f- fun for, for, for Brian's whole family who appear on it <laughs> pretty much. Uh, and, uh, folks, you know what, if they need a little time to get back to getting this album out, give it to them and then, then buy it next week. Uh, yeah. If you, if you're unaware about the concept, Stephen Cogswell is a brilliant musician. He has for the last three years, every single week without fail, oftentimes two songs a week made a new original song based on out of context, actual audio from our podcast. This is our tribute to him. We combined it with a bunch of original comedy from Brian and I. There's some fun surprises in there. Go ahead and check it out. Get on our email list to know exactly where to buy it. Bit.ly slash night attack album. Don't forget, we're celebrating our fifth anniversary in lots of ways. One of them is if you stay at the advisor or master level for the next three months, you get some stuff from Len Peralta. Uh, It's Len Peralta's five-year anniversary art on a poster at the advisor level and the uh, mug at the master level. Go to patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch to figure that all out. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 21.30 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow to talk food tech with Nicole Lee and have Len Peralta illustrate it. See you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com.
because you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.